is Upfront on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Bungani. Thank you so much for joining us today and happy World Press Freedom Day. For the last 30 years, the UN has designated the third day of May as World Press Freedom Day to observe and highlight the importance of a free press in advancing human development, democratization, and good governance. However, even as we continue to see progress in protecting press freedom, human rights advocates and media watchdogs say that around the continent, there remains obstacles and restrictions to a free press. We, we are also facing in the continent in a, a mix of uh, human uh, of violation, press freedom violation, coming uh, going from killings of journalists in the in the continent to arrest and arbitrary arrest, mm. including uh, arbitrary detentions also. And now, what or something which is new is a massive dis disinformation strategies, which has been taken by some actors, including the state and non-state state actors. actors yeah. Yes, state and non-state actors. That is Sadibu Marong. He's the director of West Africa Bureau of the organization Reporters Without Borders. And as Sierra Leoneans prepare for elections later this year, the head of the journalist association in the country tells me that his organization is holding talks with security agencies to avoid any clashes or harassment targeting journalists as they report on the elections. Journalism is a mission and you have to hold officials to account. You have to provide accurate information for the public and you also have to be the voice of the voiceless. That is Ahmed Sahid Nasrallah. He's the president of the Sierra Leone Association of Journalists. But first, as always, we want to hear from you, our listeners. We asked you, do you understand the role of the media in your country? Here is what you said. Uh, my name is Ibaramira Taitas. Uganda, pursuing Bachelor's degree in business administration. Press, first of all, gives us information, so it helps us to refine our knowledge, to understand more or more of what is happening in the country. And press, uh, concerning the researchers, press helps us to find knowledge, helps us to find information we don't know across the globe in our country and other destination, other countries. My name is Olpot Andrew in Kampala, Uganda. Well, in my country, the role of press, I think, cuts across from uh, informing people what's going on in the country with local and international news. And in the, uh, There's been some issues concerning poor roads in the city, and it's basically due to the press that uh, it has acted like a whistleblowing of sorts. Uh, my name is Abelivia Faith. I'm offering Bachelor's of Law in Kampala International University in my second year. Okay. In my opinion, I think journalists play a big role in our country because without journalists, we actually can't know what's happening in the country. Like, we keep updated by the information journalists compile and establish in the country. Many thanks to all of you for your opinions. This is Upfront on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Vungani. Thank you for joining us. On the show today, we're talking about the importance of a free press as the world commemorates World Press Freedom Day. Like I said earlier, the UN designated the third day of May as a day to observe and highlight the importance of a free press in our societies. 
Mutoki Mumo is the Sub-Saharan Africa representative for the Committee to Protect Journalists. We consider this a day to pause, to reflect, to celebrate journalists and the hard work that they do every day, keeping the public informed, but also to remember the difficulties that they go through and to reflect again as individual journalists, as organizations, as a community of people who are interested in press freedom, to reflect on what we can do to make sure that journalists do not have to go through those difficulties as they do their jobs. So that's the significance of World Press Freedom Day for me. I also have to acknowledge that, you know, as an African, as a person with an African background, so it is a very significant day for me on multiple levels as a person whose background is in African journalism, African media, as a person who wants to celebrate the jobs that journalists do, but also realizes and sees every day the difficulties that they do to report the news. Mutoki Mumo is the Sub-Saharan Africa representative for the Committee to Protect Journalists. And human development experts agree that a free press is important for advancing democratization, human development, and good governance. However, even as we continue to see progress in protecting press freedom, Human rights advocates and media watchdogs say that there continues to be threats and restrictions to media freedom around the world, especially in sub-Saharan Africa. A new report by the media watchdog Reporters Without Borders says that press freedom continues to be threatened by both state and non-state actors using disinformation, propaganda, and of late, artificial intelligence. Sadibo Marong is the director of the West Africa Bureau of the organization Reporters Without Borders, he joins me in studio. Mr. Marong, thank you so much for joining us today on Upfront. I just wanted to ask you briefly to give us uh, your assessment on the state of press freedom in, in Africa right now as it stands. As it stands, uh, we have uh, covered this year uh, 48 sub-Saharan African countries in our World Press Freedom Index, which has been issued this morning. And, and it, 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 in terms of revelation or in terms of emergence, what what emerged positively is, I mean, the emergence of five countries in a, in a, in, a, in the continent, uh, like Namibia, which is uh, twenty twenty twenty, which is uh, ranked twenty two, South Africa, uh, and uh, Cape Verde also, and other countries like Gambia also, Gambia, which has really really done well, uh, uh, ranking at the forty six. Uh, for the sixth place, uh, this is uh, we we are also facing in the continent in uh, a mix of uh, human uh, of violation, press freedom violation coming uh, going from killings of journalists in the in the continent to arrests and arbitrary arrests, mm. including uh, arbitrary detentions also. And now, what also something which is new is that massive dis- disinformation strategies which has been taken by some actors including the state and non-state state actors, actors yes yeah. uh, state and non-state actors uh, so as to uh, jeopardize from time to time the, the the work the independent work journalists in the continent has right. have been doing and this is problematic and what would you say are the biggest threats to press freedom on the continent 
It, it is. It is. Uh, it is. Uh, as we go, uh, the disinformation will be uh, as we go. Something uh, which is really, really big, a big, 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 big threat. Because we have seen killing in the continent. We have seen arbitrary arrests, which are not really news. We have been also manipulation of news, and we have been. But now disinformation and the propaganda, mm. and I mean this, uh, this, 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 this industry, this wide industry of fake is something uh, which is really, really problematic to the continent as we go. It mm. is, for the moment, it is tried kind of emerging, but as we go, we will, we, we fear, our fear is to see that uh, taking a, a bigger proportion. Right, and, you know, we, we have the emergency of uh, artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence. Uh, which is being exploited and used yes. by both state and non-state non actors. actors to yeah. disinform. Um, now, you're saying that you've seen some progress. Uh, you've talked about countries like Gambia and Namibia that have made progress, and that gives you hope that the continent is on the right track in terms of uh, progressing towards... Uh, uh, an environment where journalists can work uh, and and provide information. Um, what is uh, I guess what is your message to journalists on this World Press, Press Freedom Day? It is African journalists. It is the, our main message is for the, to them toward them is just to stay journalists. Staying journalists means I mean to staying to the facts. You you may have the possibility to 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 comment sometimes, and that is also one of your right you have in But just to stick to the fact and to stay independent it is it will become more and more difficult in the continent but the resilience is important so to develop resilience strategies and in those countries for example ruled by military or so which who are really doing very very bad on uh, on, on the media and press freedom uh, like in Mali and Burkina Faso the resilience and the strategies of resilience is important for journalists to be to to develop more solidarity action and act activities and to be together as what to act together as one mm -hmm. yes and to refuse center certain type of compromission. And for some people who probably don't know what your organization does, just give us briefly what does uh, Reporters Without Borders do as an organization? Reporters Without Borders is a uh, press freedom organization created in 1985 in France uh, uh, with the headquarters which is in Paris. And then we, the organization has a lot of offices in the world, like one in D.C. here, one in sub-Saharan Africa in Dakar, one in uh, the Maghreb and the Arab world in Tunis, one in Brazil, in Mexico also. Uh, yes, and, and, and one, our main goal is to, 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 to see, uh, to defend and promote press freedom. Mm. Advocate through, through for journalists. Ad, yes, yeah, through advocacy, uh, through assistance also to journalists. Mm. This is part of our work, which is not really known by many people, but we are doing a lot of assistance to journalists. One, for example, journalists are fle fled their country uh, and when they reach out to us, we will try to yes to find them for them shelter. Mm. If they are in other, if they they are really in good danger, we will try to find for them you know how, the way for them to to to, to move find us, safety, yeah, to find safety, mm. things like that. So bo providing both material both, both and material, material resources. Yes, yes, even we are doing also training from time to time, and we are developing partnership with local organizations, uh, namely in Africa, because we think uh, local organizations need need to be boosted. Yes, yes, to be boosted and to work along, alongside them will be also a, is a matter of credibility. Arong, thank you so much for you, joining us today. You're welcome, John. That was Sadibo Marong. He's the director of the West Africa Bureau for the organization Reporters Without Borders. He joined me in studio here at The Voice of America. 
Amnesty International and the Media Institute of Southern Africa, or MISA, warns that attacks on journalists in East and Southern Africa are on the rise. They say that one of the main ways that African governments are restricting journalists is by passing laws that penalize online journalism. In Zimbabwe, journalists were targeted using a recently introduced cyber crimes law. If authorities are committed to building human rights, respecting societies and accountable governments, they must stop intimidating and harassing journalists. That is Amnesty International's Southern Africa media manager, Robert Shivambu. My name is Muna. I come from Somalia. And I think journalists is important for the society because some people, they don't know something, what's going on in the country or what's going on the outside of the country. Every time if they listen like journalists and they see like journalists something, then they know it like something was going on, like maybe it's something bad, maybe something good. Then it's, if they like it's going on like uh, something bad, they will like uh, take care for like themselves. Like My name is Akon. I'm South Sudanese and I live in Uganda. I think the role of the press is to let the nation know of what is going on regarding big news or let's say what is trending in the country. Yeah. Yes, I'm called James Okalebo. I'm a Ugandan and an Easterner. So the role of the media in my country, according to me, if you talk about the judiciary, the executive and the, the other arm of the government, I think the press helps a lot also because when you when you see the, a bad act that a, a leader has done, some people want to know about it. And indeed, if you don't know it, you may, you may be blindfolded of what, what is going in the country. But because the news have come out of it, because of the press, Definitely, the country gets correction after some time. Yeah. Yeah, uh, media has really played a very good role because actually it has helped in sensitizing the locals and also it has also helped as students in getting various information as far as uh, the issue of the university is concerned, like the university bursaries and also the various syntax which is happening apparently in the university. This is Upfront on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Vungani. Media watchdogs argue that when journalists are free to cover stories without fear of retaliation or censorship, they play a crucial role in holding powerful institutions like governments responsible for their actions while exposing corruption and other forms of abuse of power. They say that the suppression of the media in any country is a warning that other political rights and civil liberties are also in danger. Ahmed Sahid Nasrallah is the president of the Sierra Leone Association of Journalists. Ahmed tells me that as his country is preparing for elections in June of this year, a free press will be essential to maintaining a healthy democracy and ensuring that citizens have access to accurate information and a diversity of viewpoints. He joins me in studio. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm fine. Good thank to you. see thank you. you. Thank, thank you, you so much for joining us. Yes, I'm excited to be yeah, here. Yeah, so t- well. talk to us about your trip. What are you doing uh, in the U.S.? Yes. What have yeah, you been up to? We, we, we came um, as, a, as a, I came as a participant, participant at this year's um, um, IVLP program, International Visitors Leadership Program. 
but it's basically under the Edward Morrow program for journalists in the mm -hmm. U.S., sponsored by the U.S. State Department. And we basically spent about 21 days in the U.S. from state to state. We started in Washington, and then we went to um, Baltimore, Philadelphia. Visiting media yes, houses. Media houses, yeah. and we ended in Salt Lake City. Where it all ended. In Utah. Yes, and basically it's um, an exchange program and to come, for us to come and learn about U.S. society and the culture and the media as okay. well. So we visited, what are some of we the have, things? We have speakers from different people with media background. Yeah. We started off at the University of America with a, a public lecture from the... You mean uh, American from, University? Yes, American University. Here in Washington, D.C.? Yes, from the lecturer who is heading the, the communications department, okay. mass communication department. So we started with theory, and then we went to practical. Where will you so, visit media, yes, houses, media houses, see how yes, they operate, yes, how they operate see how journalists... Exactly. What are some and of the we things... Also, and we also exchange our own experiences as journalists coming from Africa, South America, the um, Middle East, okay. and Europe. Yes, and, and, the, and, the, and the Caribbean And countries. the Caribbean. Yes, okay, exactly. so I saw those yes. were a, a good group. Yeah. And so you, you operate in, uh, in Sierra Leone. What kind of work do you do in Sierra Leone? Well, I am the president, like you said, of the Sierra Leone Association of Journalists. I came from a print media background, and I'm also a cartoonist. And so basically, uh, my work as um, slash president is to lead the association, because this is an association of, um, of journalists, membership, professional journalists from print and um, broadcast media, and also online media and people and journalists who are also public relations officers and communications officers in, in NGOs and other development organizations. They're all part of the association. So okay. I provide the leadership for the organization and vision. And our work is basically to protect free speech and free media and promote that and also to cater for the welfare of the members, look out for opportunities for training, to build their capacities and, and, and those sort of things. Yes, that's okay. what we do, basically. And okay. to, to do that, we have to engage with uh, donor partners, the international community, to get funding for training and those sort of things. It's basically a, a, a non-voluntary job. We are not paid, and um, we are a not-for-profit association as well. We don't, we, don't, we don't make money. We don't get money. to. Uh, we don't go into ventures to make money. Yeah. Okay. So what are some of the things that you learned on your trip here in the U.S. about how yes. the media works? Yes. Uh, the media environment, the media landscape, yes, as uh, it's, it's, an information, yes, yes. Uh, as, yeah. as, a, as a creator yeah. of content, yeah. but also as a consumer of content. Yeah, well, uh, basically, I, I admire the uh, diversity of the media here, and I also admire the ability of the media here to evolve and adapt to the advancement in technology that is taking place here, very rapid. And um, I also admire the, the fact that... Um, in spite of all the challenges that they have, because they also have problems with the, with, with the media. And uh, in spite of all that, the, there's a determination generally for journalists to strive and media, media houses to strive to do um, truthful journalism. Truthful journalism in the sense that journalism, journalism is a mission and you have to hold officials to account. You have to provide accurate information for the public and you also have to be the voice of the voiceless. So those, those, those um, three main things, um, the media here basically put them at the, at, as, as priority. And I also admire the, the focus on local news, on local communities. What is not happening in Africa, in our own places where we come from? The, the, everything is about national news, about politics. But here, the media is now trying to adapt and, and see what they can do to to bring up the, the needs to, of the local communities. Com we are the, local community yes, we are the stories. Because there yeah. is so much happening there, and people need to see um, themselves in the media and tell their stories in the media that operates in their, in their locality. So those are, the, those are the big things for me. And what are some there. of uh, the lessons that you will be taking back home to Sierra Leone? Well, back home, I think um, those are the messages that we will take back and to, to, to understand that and the media um, continues to evolve. It's very dynamic, and um, we need to try to adapt as things change. 
and um, we also um, need to find new models on how to do journalism because there's a general decline in the trust for legacy media everywhere, not just in our countries, but even here. And so people need to find a new, the, the media needs to find new ways of um, getting that trust and confidence from the public that um, they should rely on them for, for information that they need to make informed decisions. And so these are the things I will go back home and also to help my own, my own to um, appeal to my own colleagues as well to begin to focus on community journalism. Mm. That is very key because those are the people that we need to, to report on. Those are, the, those are the people who are powerless and who need, who, whose issues need to be at the front of their front pages and to ensure that the, the policymakers see those, those new stories and take action. So, mm. Mm. Now, let's talk about access. Uh, I mean, when I was in uh, Sierra Leone, mm. I was, I've been there twice in 2015 and 2016. Yeah. Oh, got a robust media yeah. environment. Yes. That's many years yes. ago. I yeah. think things have evolved. Yes. Uh, before we get into media freedom mm. and how you operate, mm. let's talk about access. How do most Sierra Leoneans consume information? Is it through TV or radio? Well, the, because of the, the, the rates of uh, illiteracy, that we have is, is high, and then most, the bulk of the population, mostly in the rural areas, depend on radio for their, for, for their information. Uh, but now we see the young population, there's a general increase, uh, there's some increase also from, 20, from the 2018 elections to now, we see, we see a trend of um, young people getting into social media, which is very popular now, WhatsApp and Facebook, and now TikTok. Mm. So those are the main uh, channels for young so people. So online? Yes, online, yeah. online information, yes. It's very, very active now, and the numbers are growing. And yes, so what, are, what, yes. But, but TV also is also yes, it depends on, on the on the taste of the audience. But then TV also is very popular because people listen to TV. But radio is the most popular, and now um, where we get the most of the information now, basically among young people, is so. Media. I would imagine people yes, in rural media. areas still yes. listen to radio yes, more yes, than yes, they yes, watch yes, TV yes, or even access yes, to yes, internet. Yes, 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 what are some okay. of the limitations to access to information? Well, for the, for the internet and for the online and social media, it's basically affordability. That's one, and because the smartphones are, are expensive. And um, the other one is uh, electricity. Um, people don't, um, we don't have 24-hour electricity, and so it's difficult for these, um, these uh, smartphones and, mm. those, and those media to be on active and, and charged and, sort of and even for TV. Mm. That's why those in the provinces um, could not have access to news as they would want to because of lack of um, electricity. So those are some of the challenges and right. affordability. Yeah. Mm. And what is the state of media freedom in the country? Uh, are journalists able to practice their craft free without fear of uh, intimidation or reprisal? Yeah, there will always be intimidation and fear. And, and, but generally, the, the environment is reasonably free. Uh, let me put it into, into some perspective, into categories. Let's start with legislation. Before now, um, we have what we call the criminal libel law, and criminal and seditious libel law, which was contained in the Public Order Act of 1965. That law criminalizes free speech. And that has been a, a, a very, um, like a sort of damacles on our head for 50 years. And so in 2022, we, have, we, have, we, we succeeded in engaging the government in dialogue in parliament, and it was repealed in, 20, in 2020. Mm. That is a big and historic moment for us, because we took, it took us 50 years, because LAD was founded in 1971. And so we got that. And then the, so that's basically now we don't have any, because before, during, um, when we had that law, every week, I, I, as president of LAD and my predecessors, they have to go to the CID. To get, to, release, yes. to get the journalist release, to get the journalist release, because uh, the police will. Yes, anybody could sue yes. As long as you, as long as you publish something critical of the government or a yeah. public official, they will call the police, and the police will invite you to the CID, and they will normally they invite you on a Friday, and then they lock you up on a Friday, and then you'll be there on weekends, and then by Monday, Sludge will be there to to release you. But since that law was passed, we have not got any incident like that anymore. So that's one freedom we have, and uh, but unfortunately, the following year, 
2021, the government passed the Cyber Security and Crime Act. Yeah, let's talk which about that. Which basically takes back some of the freedom that we, we thought we had, we had achieved with the repeal. Mm. And so, but basically, the, 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 the cyber security law. law was basically to, to counter uh, terrorism, um, illicit um, financing, money laundering, those sort of things. And there are some aspects of also to uh, get a responsible si um, a social media, mm. use of social media. But you feel there's yes. an overreach yes, in yeah, concerned. We are concerned because we don't want anything that will infringe on the freedom of people to express their opinions, which basically people have now in, on, with social media. And so that is our concern because we also um, contributed to the law, to in, in getting the law passed because we, you we were thought... Consulted yes, by we were consulted by the government. We yeah. made our position clear and we raised those concerns as well and said that we, we do not want the police or the law enforcement agencies to... To, to manipulate the law, to use this as a practice to, to yeah. yes, exactly, to get people. Let not me to ask raise you it. about the population mm. itself. In, the, mm. in terms of understanding mm. the role mm. of, of the media, of the press, mm. do you feel like the public mm. in Sierra Leone understands your role as a journalist? That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the problem. You know, now we have citizen journalism and we have um, social media. Everybody can create content with a smartphone and be out there. So there is a whole lot of confusion. So, yes, but they don't, they don't understand. That is why what we're trying to do is to ensure that we embark on media literacy and public education because people need to understand how the media works, how we work, and how they should consume news. And how, because if they understand how they produce news and they will be able to know how to consume news and how to discern what is what news what they should is, consume, what's true, what's true or and what's false. Yes. Yeah. So that we, need, we need that. Because that is the only way we can get them to be responsible and not to just share the information that they receive on their, on their smartphones. Because that is, the, that, is the, that is the biggest obstacle that we have now or challenge that we have now as we go to the, to the elections. We're so, coming up yes. to the mm -hmm. end of our mm -hmm. conversation, but mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, elections are coming up yep. in Sierra Leone, mm -hmm. I think this year? Yes, yes, yes in June. In June, less than, less yes, than two in months. in a couple of less months. Than months. Yes, less than two months. Often we see in Africa when during election periods there's this, you know, clashes between the media and the government, mm -hmm. police, mm -hmm. uh, security agencies. Yes, yes, yes. What kind of relationships uh, do you have between the security agencies and are these some of the conversations you're having as you're leading up to the Wonderful, to, wonderful. To, to yes. The, those, yes, those are the conversations. And, and we're happy that we started it not now. We started about two years um, before now because we, the uh, biggest um, um, uh, in terms of uh, assault and, and harassment and, and challenge, apart from, apart from online, which basically comes from supporters of political parties. Yeah. Um, um, but, but the biggest one we have is um, the one with the police. The, the relationship has been that of a cat and mouse over the years, for the past 50 years, it's not just from. And then, so what we did was to, to engage them. Okay, let's go to the table. So in, under my leadership, we, 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 we approached them, we said, let's go to the table, and they have uh, an umbrella body called the Office of National Security, which basically houses all of them, the police, the army, the fire force, and the correctional center. And so they brought them all together. And we, we, we made an appeal. We said, you are providing security for the public and for us. And we are providing information, which is also vital. So we are all contributing to democracy. So let's have an, a, a memorandum of understanding. We are, you can support us to do our work. We are supposed to do your work. And let's, let's, let's avoid these clashes of um, um, yes. But I think when the clashes only come in, when we, become, when we start to begin, uh, when we begin to be partisan, that's when the clashes come, yes. But we have got an MOU that, and, and, we, and before I came, we had training for police officers and for journalists together mm. so that we have the, the, the do's and don'ts. When you go to the elections, you should know what to do as a journalist. And when you go to the elections as a police officer, you should know what to do to help journalists to get the information. Yes, and so we have appealed to our colleagues you cannot be a journalist and be a politician as well. Mm. Yes, because once you go there and you, because, and, and those around there know that you are a politician, you are supporting a political party, definitely you become a target. Yes. 30 seconds yes. before mm -hmm. we, we go, mm -hmm. Ahmed. Uh, mm -hmm. 
World Press Freedom Day, what is your message to journalists, but also to the people, to your consumers? Yes, and we'll continue to appeal for responsibility, responsible journalism, and let journalists know that they have a mission, and their mission is to the public. It's public interest journalism. That is what we want to do. And what we're going to do this time on World Press Freedom Day, not even, even if not on a day, but to commemorate World Press Freedom Day, we have decided that we are going to launch our own manifesto what we want as media, what the media wants. Because we know that the politicians will have their own manifesto about the media, but um, that is what they think the media wants. But mm. what we want, that's why we are now conducting this survey, asking our journalists, what are, the, what are your priorities on safety, on safety and security? What is your priority? On, on inclusion, gender, what is your priority? On, the, on capacity building, what are your priorities? Give us the information and we'll put that together into a, a draft manifesto. We call all the stakeholders together, we, we validate it, and then we launch it on, on the day that we will be that we, that we all agree on. Ahmed, so we tell you. them what we want. This is what we want as media. Ahmed, thank you so much for taking time to come and uh, visit us here at The Voice of America. Thank you, thank you Good very to much. Good to see moment. you, man. Yes, thank you so much. Right. And with that, we come to the end of our show. Many thanks to our guests and to all of you for joining us, whether you tuned in live on our FM and shortwave frequencies or online via voaafrica.com or on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, connect with us on social media. We are on Facebook, just search VOA Upfront. We are also on Instagram. Until next time, remember, as our African elders say, knowledge is a garden. If it isn't cultivated, you cannot harvest it. I'm Jackson Vunganyi. Have a great week ahead, Africa. Hello, Africa. This is James Barty, host of Daybreak Africa, inviting you to join me every weekday morning at 3, 4, 5, and 6 hours UTC as we bring you the latest in African news, features, and sports. You can also be a part of Daybreak Africa through our listener mail segment by sending your comments and opinions to daybreakafrica at voanews.com. You can also call us and leave us a voicemail at 202-205-9942 that's 202-205-9942. And when you hear the Voice of America identification, press the number 25 to leave us your message. Start your day with Daybreak Africa every weekday morning at 3, 4, 5, and 6 hours UTC on The Voice of America.